Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. And if you were coerced by food, like gammon or beef or whatever works for you, if you were coerced, like you have to come to church to do that, which there were one or two Christmases. I know you think I was born for church and I love church so much as like a 12-year-old. All I wanted to do was go to church. There were moments mom said, Yorkshire pudding, church options. It was an easy one. We went to church. And, um, but, but we really do believe that the church is the only organization that doesn't exist for its own members. We actually exist for you. And if you're a neighbor who just was intrigued by a crazy billboard and you hear, it's amazing to have you with us. And um, just to say, Christmas has changed somewhat for me. I'm 39 years old. I have three wildlings and um, they love Christmas. When I was younger, I grew up with three older sisters. So I really was the chosen one, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, I mean, if there was no money for the family, economy was tough, sisters would get like a box of chocolates, and I would still get the car racing thing. It's just what it was. They had to deal with that, and I would hear mom, they would start complaining. Mom would go, shh, don't spoil it for him. You know that? But Christmas has changed a little in that regard. I mean, there was the conversation with my wife. We won't do presents this year, obviously. Who believes that conversation? No one believes that conversation. It's not true. Everyone knows that. I mean, so the presents were handed out this morning. I did get one. Like one. (laughs) Present. And um, it's a burger maker. I'm not even joking. It's this plastic thing. You put like a layer of mince and then you put like cheese and then more mince and then you squash it and you get a packed burger. That's what I got for Christmas. And I'm very stoked for my Christmas. I did preempt the challenge. So I popped down and bought myself a pair of shoes that I left behind the couch. <laughs> and they appeared. <laughs> Planning. So um, Christmas has changed and um, it is a wonderful time of the year. And if you're on holiday with us in Cape Town, amazing to have you with us. If you're still going on holiday, I trust you have an amazing, amazing time. But Christmas isn't just an uplifting time where we feel good. Christmas is the time we remember when God broke in. When God broke into our smallness, He broke into our world, the creator of the world came and broke into our story. I think it is phenomenal. And after 400 years of quiet, 400 years There's this blank page, as Gabe spoke about last night, this blank page of not much. The intertestimonial period, some would call it, but there's quiet and 400 years, and then all of a sudden, boom, God breaks in in the most unexpected way with the birth of a baby. And I love it. And I want to read from Luke chapter 1, because here's the thing. I was, my little boy Ben was playing with his friend the other day. And um, we assume people know the gospel story. We assume they understand the birth of Jesus. We cannot make those assumptions anymore. So I believe it's great for us to read the word because little kids don't know this story. And I think it's spectacular. So will you read with me as it goes up on the screen from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. If you ever get an angel appear to you, you know you're being set up for something big. Just warning. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who has said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord God's servant, Mary answered. May the word be fulfilled, word to you, to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Yes, I know we have kids in the story and some of your parents are going to be asked, what is a virgin? Good luck with that one. I'm just reading the Bible at Christmas. And, um, but this is about God breaking in. Central to this story is that it's God initiating everything. We didn't come up with a plan. If we'd come up with a plan, we would have said, send us a guy, a champion, someone with the courage of David, someone with the strategic insight of a Joshua, someone with the strength of a Samson. Send us that guy, a hybrid of all the best Old Testament guys. But God said, no. I'm going to send you the king of kings as a baby given to a virgin, which would have been a scandal in the time. And Hollywood could never have come up with the script. It's just too good. How would you get the decree from Caesar, an angel appearing to Mary, and then the angel saying, actually, I'm going to make a virgin pregnant. And we've all heard that story before. Not so much. And, and an angel coming to Joseph in a dream, all these things, a group of magi seeing a star going on this journey, the angels appearing to the shepherds, and then a trip to Bethlehem. And then an inn that was filled, a lot like Cape Town right now, so they found a stable on Airbnb, and they wrapped a baby in rags. A star that led the Magi there. It's all these, are these just coincidences? Or was there a loving father, a mighty God, who had a great strategic plan, and he said, I'm going to bring all these unlikely players into a story that will be told for years ahead, a story that will change the destiny and the purpose and the, the, the plans of this world, a story that can change your life today. And he includes them. And central to this story is this great belief that Jesus, King of Kings, came born. Incarnation, God becoming man, taking on our flesh, our weakness, our smallness. But I love the promises about this baby. Here's what the Bible says about this baby. This is not just any ordinary baby. Just had a nephew born. His name is Cinder Carl. 4.2 kgs at 37 weeks. And some of you are going, yo. Let me tell you about a baby you should be going, yo. Luke 1 says this. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Matthew says, you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This baby. John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. And I love the prophecy in Isaiah, for unto us a child is born. 
To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Pretty amazing stuff. Incarnation, God breaking in, God's initiative. It starts with God, it comes from God, an angel was sent from God. God was at the center of breaking in. Right at the beginning, I want to give you the big plot. God goes to the ultimate lengths in intricate details so that he could have a relationship with you. God didn't desire churches full on Christmas Day, a Monday. That wasn't God's plan. Let's fill up the church. Let me get my glory one day a year. That was never his plan. His plan was that he could have a relationship with you. A relationship that changes. See, there are all these dates in the year that, that make a whole bunch of amazing and influential things. The 2nd of, what is the date again? I should remember it. 2nd of September, 1945, World War II ends. 16th of July, 1969, Apollo 11 lands on the moon. Influential dates. February 1990, Nelson Mandela released from prison. Influential dates. But can I say they didn't transform me on the inside? They didn't do much to me on the inside in those times. I mean, I'm moved by them. I'm profoundly challenged by them. I'm influenced them. But they're dates that move me when I think about them. They transformed me. The 22nd of July, 2000. The dates I first kissed that hottie. The 22nd of May, 2004. The day I married that girl. The, tick, the 19th of December, 2008. The day that little champion with an orange beanie was born. These dates transformed me. They took a selfish man and made him slightly less selfish over time. They revealed to me the goodness of the gracious God who gives good gifts to the most undeserving. They transformed me from the inside out. Christmas is not about a day. Christmas is not a religious calendar event. Christmas is about remembering the transforming love of a Savior who sent a son to die that I might have relationship with him. And it rocks me on the innermost core. It doesn't just influence my decisions. It changes me from the inside. It's got to be more than religion. And I want to mention a few things of, well, how did God break in? Because I believe as God, every detail of God's design is intricate. I love your hat, Andrew Finray. Every detail of God's design is intricate. The first one is this. He broke in by doing the impossible. Luke 1 verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary is moved, she's shaken, she's concerned because saying, I'm a virgin. I haven't even been with a guy. I'm betrothed, I'm not even married yet. How, how is this possible? And the angel has to console her and says, for nothing is impossible with God. The same moment happened years before in Genesis 18 as Abraham is promised to be a father of many nations and Sarah is barren and they're standing there and the Lord speaks and says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard? Maybe you've had a tough year. Maybe you're disappointed at the end of this meal. You had a whole bunch of dreams. I really wanted to have a six pack at the end of this year. I've made a promise to my boy, I'll have one when I turn 40 next year. But maybe you've had a tough year. Maybe you've lost someone you love dearly. Maybe finances haven't worked out. Maybe that promotion you were promised last year based on a whole bunch of deliveries, that plan didn't work out. Is anything too hard for God? See this little guy, 19th of December 2008, he, he was impossible. 
My wife's progesterone, every test we went, zero, zero, zero. And every time you go, the zero gets bigger and bigger, even though it's on the same screen. But God. But God. Christmas is not a day to eat food and get fatter than we were the day before. It's, Christmas is a day to remember that our God continues to do impossible things. To be reminded whether you are here today saying, I believe this story, or you're here today saying, I'm not sure about this story. I want to tell you about Christmas, the day where God continues to do impossible things every day. The second thing that Christmas encourages us is God breaks in by choosing the unexpected to enter through a virgin. And he still does. He still chooses the unexpected in Luke 1 verse 26 says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. I can't fully explain to you why he chose a virgin. I can't tell you how he did it. He tells us by his spirit of God, he breathed his power, his spirit of God upon him. And yet God says, actually, I'm going to send my son who is so completely unique. He will come in the, he'll look like every other way, but he will come only by my power to the least expected person. I mean, in our terms, we would have scoured the world for the most educated, most beautiful woman, the one whose hair had been brushed for days and treated with the finest foods, and yet he chooses Mary. Simple Mary, plain Mary in many ways. And he breaks in in the most unexpected way, and he wants to continue to do that. Maybe you're sitting here today and go, if my mates who I jawed hard with yesterday saw me at church today, they would be shocked. Unexpected. Maybe even the word hypocrite. I remember going to Joburg to go and preach at a, at, a, at a great church. And I'm sitting there and there's a guy about halfway back. He had a big fro on and I recognized him. It's my rugby captain. And the challenge is when you preach, everyone loves to think their preacher was perfect since he was born a lot like Jesus. Obviously. Sorry, not true. This guy seen me drink a beer through the front of a dirty shoe. At 18 years old. I'm not proud of that moment. It happened. But this guy saw it. Nothing else saw it. And this internal conversation of a preacher begins to happen. He's seen stuff no one else has seen. He's thinking hypocrite. But then you know what shouts louder? You are my son. I have washed you clean. And I remember the courage of God building up inside of us. God had to remind me who I was in him, not who I was in me. I was the unexpected. And for that guy sitting in that row, he was shocked. Trust me. But God ended up speaking to him. God wants to use you, sir, ma'am. Christmas is not about someone else's story. So good for my family, they found Jesus. No, God wants to surprise you. He chooses the most unexpected. And then what I love about the story, he continues, God continues by breaking in through qualifying the unqualified. Are you unqualified to walk this road? Well, get in line, sir or ma'am, because I am too. Outside of Jesus, I am proud and arrogant and selfish. I once said that at church and someone shouted, amen. Thank you for not shouting, amen. I was waiting for it. I thought maybe that guy's back. But outside of Jesus... I am dirty outside of Jesus. I have nothing really of value. And then there's this guy, Joseph. Just average Joe. A carpenter by day. Works with his hands. Works hard. Faithful guy. But not someone who gets pulled into a story of such a grand nature. And yet 2,000 years before, as Mary sings in her song, straight after this scripture, 
She remembers that 2,000 years before, God had promised that through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the house of David would be a man who would play a part in this amazing story. The human father of Jesus. This guy, average Joe, gets to father Jesus on this earth. Think about that. I think the privilege of, of fathering these three young men is overwhelming. Imagine Jesus, my creator, who was there in the beginning, disciplining him, chastising him, encouraging him, calling to more, getting to shout for him next to the soccer field. Just average Joe, qualified by a qualifying love of the king of kings. And the last thing I love about this is that most people, when they engage the, 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 the story of Christ or his love, they'll say to me, Mark, that's awesome for other people. I, I just can't do that. Those decisions Rian made, those decisions Jacques made. I heard Jacques preach yesterday and talk about the decisions of how he used to be 10 years ago a scoundrel. And yet, years later, decision after decision, following Jesus, a yes to Jesus every time. God has transformed his story. Did he have the power for that? No. His mom agreed with me. God continues to break into our stories 2,000 years later in power. How did Mary fall pregnant? The Bible tells us by the Spirit of God invading her on the inside. What is salvation? It's the same thing. It's the life and the Spirit and the, the sperma of God inside of us coming alive and bringing life where there was death. Every one of us. Don't marvel at people. They're not that overwhelming. Marvel at the wonder and the love of the living God and say, God, if you can do it with them, you can do it with me. Why? By your power. The gospel is not a nice story. It is a powerful, world-changing story. We just get to remember on this day. You know what? You might say, I can't do it, Mark. Let me tell you what Christmas says. You can't. That's why God sent Jesus. And I'm overwhelmed. I love it that God didn't come in like six months before and say, Mary, you've been chosen, but we just need to touch you up. You know, like these 12-week transformation things. These 12 weeks, we're going to turn you, and they put these before photo, like, and then the after photo, and it's like the same person in 12 weeks. We're going to do that with you, Mary. We're going to come in. I'm going to send all the angels. We're going to fix you up over the next 12 weeks, and then, then we're going to pronounce. No, God says, Mary, as you are, as you are, in all your insecurities, and in all your emotions, the King of Kings is going to come inside of you. God continues to break into our smallness, where we are. Stop putting the delays on the processes of God in your life, sir or ma'am. 15, 35, 75. Allow the King of Kings to come inside of you at this time. The miracle of Christmas it's not just what God did to save us. It's what he continues to do 2,000 years later. He breaks in by doing the impossible. He breaks in by choosing the unexpected. He qualifies the unqualified, and he breaks in in power. That is the Christmas story. And I want to tell you four things about this baby, this amazing baby. The first one is this. From one, Luke 1, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy. It's a really important part of the series, of, of the story. See, I'm outside of Jesus. 
I've got stains on these hands. I've got stains on this mouth. This mouth that is used now and my day job is to preach the gospel. The same mouth as a 15, 16 year old could rip people apart in about five seconds. Because I had small man syndrome of note, but the biggest thing I had was a mouth. Just being honest. So grateful to God that he broke in to this arrogant, proud heart and this wicked mouth because he is holy, pure, spotless, unblemished. He says, I'm going to pull you into my story because your story is not working. Your story will lead to death, but my story leads to life. I'm so grateful that my king came as a baby and here's what people struggle with to die yes he was born and we love the little beacon mild jesus in his manger but he came ultimately with a mission upon his life to die pure and spotless to die the death we could not that we needed to die because he lived the life we couldn't live it's a really important part sounds crazy but behind all of it was a god who gives good gifts see these little guys are it's been a busy run and I've delegated the buying of gifts to mom. I'm not actually happy about that. Especially my own, I did. <laughs> but there's a father in heaven who had his hands on the intricate details of a gift that you needed. A holy gift. And he gave it. The second thing it says about this baby was he will be called the Son of God. And in verse 32, the Son of the Most High. See, it's just a baby in human flesh and blood screaming and doing all the things that babies do. If you kids are at my age, you've kind of blocked a lot of that out. Just blocked it out. But as every baby would do, he would have all the same challenges. And yet God says, Son of God as well. God breathes his life and the king of kings comes into the form of a baby and walks a life that I could have lived, should have lived, and he walks it perfectly. When I fought back at 15, he didn't. When I dishonored my parents, he didn't. When I felt emotions rising up and I went with them, he didn't. He lived a sinless life as God in the limitations of my world so that I could live the unlimited life as a son of God. And it amazes me every time. Third thing he was called, he said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb a son, and you shall call him Jesus. Jesus, a derivative of Joshua, from mean the Greek, meaning a savior. A savior of the world. Maybe say, Mark, life's good. I don't need a savior. I've heard that many times. And then I've met those people at funerals, and I've met those people at moments of tragedy. And that statement doesn't hold a lot. I need a savior. Not for now. Now is short. Seven years is short. Eternity is long. And then the last one. Luke 1.33. He will reign over your house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. There will be no end. Oh God, you will run out of grace. We know of his kingdom there will be no end. Coming to his kingdom there will be no end. Salvation breathes life. And therefore, of his salvation and his protection, there will be no end. So who is this baby in a manger that we sing of? Holy, 
Son of God, Jesus, King forever. I want to challenge you today, sir, ma'am. The Christmas story is not about believing the story. It's about being overwhelmed by the love of the one who gave and the one who came. It's about saying, Jesus, you came not to make me perfect, not to fix me up so you're not embarrassed by your creation. You came to have a relationship with us. God wants a relationship with you, sir, ma'am. He wants it today. God came down to live where we live, to become upon us. He didn't shout from a distance, I love you. Send an email. Send a message on Facebook. P.S. Broadcast to the list. Love you. He sent his son to die. To be born through the narrowness of a woman's womb. The king of kings. Came. So that you could live in space. Salvation doesn't mean you get it all right. It doesn't mean you live saying no. Salvation means saying live. You live saying yes to the glory of God and the wonder in your story. Love has come down. One picture and then we'll finish. I was listening to Jacques preach yesterday. I'm easily distracted. So I noticed the reflection of my watch landing on the ground. Sorry, Jacques. It was great though. And... Um, but this little dog that was there also noticed it. So we formed a relationship. It went like this. I shone the sun off my watch onto the ground. The dog went. And then I moved it, and the dog went. And this happened for about 20 minutes. He preached quite long. And, um, and uh, the dog, every time the reflection moved, the dog would, he would spend all his energy and then look at me like, and then I'd move it. And then he... I was praying yesterday, and I felt like the Father's heart saying, Son, that's sometimes my people. Looking for the reflections of my goodness and my glory on the earth. Looking down. And a promotion. <laughs> and just a fixed relationship. <laughs> I'm not calling us dogs. I'm using, we, we are responsive people. He says, but if I could only get them to look up. Not settle for just reflections shone on the ground, playing games with their life. I didn't create them for that. I created them to know me, to see me, to be loved by me, to be captivated by me, to be transformed by me. Don't be impressed with Jesus. The Bible said actually he came and he was not impressive. Be transformed by him. As C.S. Lewis wrote, the Son of God became a man to enable sons of men to become sons of God. Your journey is not to become a better son of man. Your journey is to receive adoption through the blood of Jesus, who came as a gift given so that he might die, that you might walk into life. Christmas is bigger than presents and gammon. Christmas is about life. Can we bow our heads, please, this morning as we close? Are you scratching at the surface? Are, you dis are your emotions completely controlled by the promotion you did or didn't get, the bonus you did or didn't get, the president you did or didn't get? I want to say that God has gone to infinite lengths and extravagant detail 
to have an intimate relationship with you, to get close to you. He placed himself in our smallness and our created reality so that we could be like him. But it doesn't stop there. He wants to keep breathing his life in. It might seem too good to be true because it's this, come as you are. Unqualified? Yeah, come. Unexpected? Yeah, come. Not the one who should have been chosen? Yeah, you. I want you. Christmas is about the greatest gift ever given in the form and the shape of our Savior, King, and the lover of our souls, Jesus. If you're here this morning and say, Mark, that's a great story. I'm quite moved by it. I would say, sir, would you go one step forward and make a decision to follow him? I look at him, and he, he walks, and he chooses the disciples, and everyone thinks, oh, the disciples. No, they were scoundrels. They were thieves and fishermen and rough and all sorts of things. And every time he would have just said, follow me, and they had a choice, yes or no. Not maybe or later, yes or no. Today, before meals, before whatever your activities are today, you have a choice. Is it yes or is it no? We know of Mary because she said yes. We know of Joseph because he said yes. We know of the wise men because they said yes. God wants to know you. Will you say yes today? If you are here today and you've never made a decision, you've never said yes to Jesus, I would love to give you that opportunity. And the angels will rejoice. If you are today as well and you've walked away, you've walked a distant road from the King of Kings, he's saying, I want to come back. I want to run back. Trust me, his arms are open wide, as Luke 15 tells us. But this morning, if you haven't made a decision, I want to give you a chance. Can you lift up your hands to the king? Say yes to him this morning, and I would love to pray with you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? This is his offer, not mine. Amazing. Keep your hands up to him. Anyone else? We love it when men and women say yes to Jesus. Jesus, you are here. Spirit of God, the same power that breathed life into Mary's womb, that same power into each and every one of these amazing people right now. The transforming, ever-changing power of the living God. I thank you, God, as it seems to be a day for the ladies to respond to you, God. You were the one who sent your disciples away so you could meet one woman at one well to change your life forever. And I thank you today. You are changing lives forever. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for goodness. I thank you that these amazing people are washed clean. Washed clean, pure and spotless before you because you died pure and spotless for us. So today we're overwhelmed again, Jesus. We say thank you. I pray your blessing upon these amazing people. I pray your blessing upon families. I pray courage to have tough conversations that need to be had and courage to just forgive and move forward. I thank you. The government rests on your shoulders. And you are the Prince of Peace today. Mighty God and wonderful counselor. We worship you, God. Amen.